Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Paul, uh, I just want to stop a second, right? Cut you right. off. This is the first recording that we have in our new podcast studio. Yes. In our new building. Yes. And it already um, sounds amazing. Like just on the headphones, <laughs> man, I love it. Yeah, so so listeners probably don't know, uh, we've moved around the podcast location uh, where we actually record. This is our fifth iteration <clears throat> yep. of, of where we're set up to record. So we've done it from people's offices literally sitting at their desk. Then we had our own studio then we for had, about a year. Yep, yep, uh, which is a really nice room. And then we moved, moved that location over to our main building, yep. but... It was that was that was when production would be a little mediocre as far as the quality, I would say. Yeah. Because you could hear like a, a big giant air compressor from time to time. Or maybe if you guys listen back to some of the other episodes, you'll hear dino passes while we yeah. were recording. <laughs> <clears throat> or doors opening or yes. people yelling to each other. Boxes getting broken in half. Right. So you know. so we've had we've had some interruptions. Uh so now Duramax Tuner Calibrated Power, our home, uh, and title sponsors, they are they have moved. They've got a new location. Yep. They're about a about to actually move the staff over yeah, here. We're, <clears throat> we're a couple weeks away from our new location, the new facility, which all of our listeners, I'm sure there'll be photos and things like that for everyone to kind of take a peek at, you know, where we're going to be going every day. But we have our own dedicated studio once again. Yeah. Just for us. Right. Just for us. I, I snagged I snagged an empty office pretty early in this project to yeah. say, like, ah, we, we really like that that quality, and hopefully our listeners do, too. Uh, along with the new studio, we're going to kick off kind of an updated format, so we're not going to roll out the pre-recorded commercials, and we're not going to make the top of the shows or each one of the segments just a commercial for our sponsors anymore. So what we really want to do is we want to provide great diesel quality content. Yeah. Uh, so to do that, one of the things Duramax Tuner is doing is they're kicking off truck profiles, and we're going to give our listeners an inside look and a, a, a heads up. They're, they're going to get to hear about the truck on the podcast first before Duramax Tuner launches the actual videos. Okay, cool. So the first one we're doing, Chris, you know this truck. It's the 06 2500 Heavy Duty uh, Ram over at the shop right now. Yeah, so we uh, one of our shop, one of the many shop trucks uh, mm-hmm. testing pieces of equipment. Uh, but it's a 06 Ram 2500. Like you said, it's a crew cab short bed. Uh, has a 5.9 Cummins motor in it. Uh, built motor, of course. Uh, one of those work truck, lived a long, long, aggressive life. So it needed some uh, updating, if you will. Sure. Um, so it's just a standard stock crank, Carrillo rod, like 20 over piston motor. Um, main studs, head studs, valve springs, push rods. You know, very right. basic 5.9 common rail build. Um, and but has, with with that, we matched it up with our third gen Stell 67 Turbo. Yep. So we've used the this the, that truck as kind of like a test bed to really lean on the Stealth line and the new 67 for the 59. Uh, that's been the platform to kind of see what its capabilities are. Um, it has 100 over uh, Exergy injectors. It has a 12 millimeter Exergy CP3 pump, so it just runs one pump on that truck. Now we built the trans in house for that one. Uh, we we modeled the build after what some other industry leaders had been using yeah. for. Or about an, an 800 to 1,000 horsepower build? Yeah, like, where do we spec that trans at? It's an 800 to 1,000 horsepower. You know, uh, it, it, there's no secret. When we do any of the 47, 48 stuff, we work with uh, Levon over at Firepunk. Yeah. So uh, he provided us all the components needed to build the trans. And then we had uh, DJ Wysack, our head 
head shop guy and trans builder, uh, build a trans. So it's your billet input, output, intermediate shaft, firepunks, clutches, and steels, uh, DPC, triple disc converter, and that, you know, all the goodies. Yeah. Uh, but again, simplicity once I again. I love how you downplay it. Like, just all the goodies. Like, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a great transmission, man. Like, we're, we've been excited that it's held up to the type of abuse we've been putting it through. Yeah. Uh, our producer, Justin, and I got some footage of the dino guy running the truck on the street the other day. <laughs> yeah. And I say running the truck, I mean, you know, 120 mile an hour burnouts yeah. uh, next to the <clears> shop. But yeah, it, it it gets down. This truck fucking moves. And those WC Fab traction bars help hold that axle and the ass end yep. uh, together. And then, of course, also we got a fast 150 or I'm sorry, 165 on there. Uh, now, I know this truck. I don't think we're releasing the final peak number we made on the dyno just because it was a crazy, stupid tune on there. But yeah. we, we did comfortably say it was over 800 horsepower, over 1,700 foot-pounds of torque. Yeah, tuning the truck on the street. You know, Nick kind of let me dabble and play with it some more and kind of you know, a lot of fun there. And then we spent uh, about a day and a half on the dyno just trying little things here and there. Um, but it's safe to say from a reliable, respectable scenario, uh, 800 wheel you know, 17, almost eclipsing 1,800 foot-pounds of torque on a stock appearing, you know, HE350 or 341 now. Yeah, I mean, it's a 750, 800 horsepower turbocharger, you know, uh, from a reliable standpoint, I would say, you know, 17, 1,800 foot-pounds of torque. And again, those numbers change depending on dyno. Uh, but it's a turbocharger that, you know, really comes to life really quick. Uh, it's a turbocharger that you could see big boy horsepower numbers, well, 800 horse these days, you know, <laughs> but uh, you don't have to sacrifice the drivability. You know, it's a truck that, you know, for the guy who, you know, are still 64, which is a very, very, very popular platform or turbocharger um you know this is the next step you know this is the next level if, if guys were looking to go this route um and it doesn't break the bank you know compared to some of the other bigger turbo options um but it's one of those turbos that you know you can make 800 horsepower you can daily drive the truck get good mileage have it be you know reliable and efficient because it's still a stock appearing turbo there's not a ton of crazy components that are going in on the on the exhaust side to make that turbocharger work um, you could still tow with the truck you could go to the track on the weekends to the drag strip or even your local sled pull because um, it is a stock appearing turbocharger depending on if they they plug or you know they tech that way you know sure. different different pulling sanctions are going to work differently but uh, it's just a really nice well-rounded turbocharger and the, the truck runs really really well Absolutely. Yeah, we've been really impressed with the truck. Um, you know, like I said, we had it out on the street. We got to do some some pretty hot hits with it. So we got a commercial coming out uh, where we're going to feature some of that video. So yep. we'll, we'll see if we can get that out early. Uh, guys, I think this is a great time after talking about this truck profile and, and really getting ramped up about horsepower. I always want to pull ourselves back to where we all started. And there, there was a time where we were brand new to diesel and we, we didn't know what the hell we, we were talking about. We didn't know what the hell we wanted, but we heard a lot of things that sounded cool. And so Exergy presents our, our new diesel stories segment. Uh, and, and what this segment is, is instead of doing a whole commercial about Exergy, which you guys all know, we love Exergy. Um, instead of that, what we're going to do is give you kind of a, a mock story. So, so I take a lot of different feedback that, that I get throughout dealing in social media and I kind of put together what I would call just a general fake story that's yeah. that seems very true. Uh, so here's what we got this week. I'm in New Jersey and I drive a 1999 VP44 Cummins. It was my dad's truck for five years before I bought it from him last month. This being my first diesel, I have some questions about how to reach my goal. The truck is totally stocked now and it already rips. I do monster heaters in the Safeway parking lot all the time. I need the truck to be reliable since I use it for work, but I still want to be able to blow the doors off those shitty ricers at stoplights. 
how can I keep it totally reliable and bring it up to like, I don't know, 600 horsepower. So, so Chris, I, I, I can, I love that this is an, an audio medium. Chris has the meanest death glare I've ever seen from him right now looking at me. Uh, while I made this story up, it is so, so common. This is what we hear. This is like this stereotypical young guy, first truck, no idea what he's talking about. This is the type of stuff we we deal with all the time, and more specifically, you now deal with all the time. Uh, on the phone, I, I get them th- through the messages. But, uh, Chris, I, I want to pull this this guy down right to, to reality here. So if you're brand new to diesel uh the first thing we want to look at is is what platform are we on and start doing some research around that platform. Mm-hmm. 600 horsepower VP44. I think before you contact a private company, you're probably better off doing just a little bit of basic research to know what's a, a, a ballpark on a budget for the type of horsepower you're talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, back when, you know, when you said bring yourself to reality, thinking about when I got into this, you know, Cummins Forum was really popular. Like yeah. not Cummins Forum on Facebook, but Cummins Forum, the actual forum. And that's where a lot of information was shared and passed amongst other enthusiasts on what they did to their trucks and what the, uh, you know, what the outcome was. Um, these days, things are a little easier, but then again, more difficult. So, you know, you can go on pretty much any of the forums that are on Facebook these days and get a ton of information. Um, I'm not saying good information. I'm saying a ton of information. Um, but if you do some research and the Cummins Forum is still there, all those threads are still there, the threads that a lot of guys that are within the industry now used to use, Compte, Cummins Forum, Duramax Forum, you know. Um, well, let's just ballpark this example here. Shoot from your hip. Without doing any math, yeah. your gut says a 600-horsepower VP44 from stock to 600-horse What's that build cost? Rough number. I mean, if you were to do it on a budget, you know, a hardcore budget, buying everything used, trying to find a deal, you know, you don't really care what the truck drives like, you could probably get it done for seven, eight thousand dollars. Gotcha. If you were to buy the parts properly, spec a good setup, probably, you know, I mean, again, is it an automatic or a manual? You know, all these little things come into play. Just rough number. I mean, you're probably looking at around 15 grand. Okay. You know, and we're talking a truck that's seven, $8,000. Right. This is a 1999. Yeah. I just want to remind you, dad's had it for five years and he's had it for a month. My guess is his budget probably isn't 15K. No. It might be. We, we've met those guys out there and that's Definitely great for have. them. But I think most of our listeners probably aren't in that situation. No. And I mean, you know, the, the thing too is, is a lot of the I'm I'm blessed to work with the customers that I get to work with on a daily basis, but you know myself included, uh, Paul. You've you've seen the projects that I've had over the last five years, cars and trucks and whatnot. You don't just take a vehicle, strip it, build it overnight. You, know, <laughs> you do things in stages, right? You know? So, you know, to answer a question like this, you know, okay, well, you know, let's set up a foundation. You know, let's get a clutch if it's a manual. Let's get a built automatic if it's an, you know, if it's an automatic. Well, I want I, I, before we go too far down there because I do want to talk about this. Like, what's the actual practical knowledge here? I want to pull back as well. Um, when you when you send in messages and you say things like, "I know it already rips. I do monster heaters all the time," and the next sentence is. I need to keep it reliable because I, I use it for work. These two things are on opposite sides of the world. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to get flack for this, but if, if this was a message that was in my inbox, I probably wouldn't answer it. <laughs> I'd, 
pass it to you. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a rude, like it is No, rude. but where's one of the new guys to handle this? Yeah. Because there's so much work to be done. There's, there's so much education and not saying that I'm not willing to educate an end user like that. But I mean, I don't want to work against myself at the same yeah. time. You know, I, I, I truly, I have guys that email me from the podcast, you know, when we were giving out my email, which, you know, we, we do pretty much every episode, whatever. And I mean, I, I'm truly blessed. You know what? Awesome questions. Sometimes guys ask questions that get me stumped or they make me rethink of stuff like rethink of, oh, damn, I haven't thought about that in a long time. Yeah. Let's revisit this, you know. But yeah, I mean, uh, this is a typical 18, 19 year old like, hey, I want to do heaters in my grocery store parking lot. Um, I want 600 horsepower and I want to keep it reliable. Chances are that if you have 600 horse, you're going to use it uh, while doing burnouts in a parking lot. Therefore, you was, are overexerting the truck and it's not going to be reliable. I was just going to say, so the best way to keep your truck reliable is treat it reliably. Yeah. Um, when you're out doing burnouts as badass as they are, and hey, we love doing burnouts, uh, but if you're out doing burnouts, you you gave up yeah. on reliability, okay? Because trucks, even even the, we just talked about this Cummins at the top of the show, even this truck, yeah, we we were out doing a heater, but we absolutely know there's a good chance this is where it's going to break. Yeah, I mean, this is when it's going to go bad. We're going to get wheel hop. We're going to we're going to grab back down. We're going to shock the the system, snap drive shafts, input shafts. We know there, there's a good chance. Shit, the thing could just get squirrely in the ass end and catch a curb and roll yeah. over. We know guys who know how to drive, yeah. who, who are good behind the wheel. That has absolutely happened to them. So when you're out doing something, even just like burnouts, where you're not hooked to a sled, you're not drag racing it, you're just having some fun. Realize what's the potential cost of that fun. Before we talk about how to spend your money on building the truck. Yeah, I mean, you know, when, when we look at what's reliable and what's not, you know, you look at, you know, the vehicles that Calibrated Power, you know, has, just the shop vehicles. You know, you yeah. look at a thousand-wheel horse Suburban or, like, my my thousand-horse Duramax. Sure. Or, you know, 800-horse Hummer. You know, my buddies will be like, oh, it must be really cool to have these vehicles. Or, like, let's say we all go for a ride, right? We go to dinner whatever. Oh, get on it, get on it. No. Like, just, just drive the fucking truck. Yes, it makes the power. <laughs> I know what it feels like. I don't need to do that every day. Like You cannot legally use more than 600 horsepower in the United States. I'll, I'll just, on really? the road. No, 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 no. I'm sure you you can have vehicles more than 600, but applying 600 horsepower to the ground, that you're talking about fourth gear locked at 3,300 RPM. Show me how you drive on the street in that range to make that power and still be within a speed limit or not not doing something reckless like you can't you can't use that much power on the street if you're worried about tickets no, I agree which with that. most I of our that. listeners probably aren't oh, but eh, <laughs> there, there's a lot there there's a lot of education yeah. on something like this um what what's a more reasonable rundown because like, you know how these conversations go this guy's probably got it the most five grand to throw in the truck maybe so if you got a stock 99 vp44 where where do you throw your $5,000? I mean, right off the bat, uh, I pray to God that it's a manual to make things easier, a little cheaper, but I would throw a clutch in it. I would do an intake and an exhaust and a tuner, and then that's where I would leave it. From there, you throw a turbo in and a set of injectors in there, depending on how the health uh, of the injection pump is. Um, if it's an automatic, unfortunately, you know, you could that's do That's your the, budget? Yeah. You, <laughs> you get to, to your, do a trans? Well, and... it depends. If you go to your mom and pop, you know, trans shop, you could probably get a badass built one for a couple grand. Yeah. But, uh, no. I mean, unfortunately, that's going to be the first step. But on those trucks, you know, the fundamentals, intake, exhaust, tuner, 
the trans that's out of the way, then you know you start throwing some of the you know go fast parts like a turbo injectors, some driveline stuff like traction bars, you know a lift pump in the mix when you do the injectors. Generally, I would do, you know, but yeah, I mean the. the Oh, you only have to do this, and oh, you only have to do that. You know, all the trucks, all these platforms, it doesn't need a lot, right, to make five sure. or six hundred horsepower. But those couple things that it takes to get there, there's a lot of money. Yeah, you know, they're big ticket items. There's also like just the reality of repairs along the way. Trust I mean, me. I mean, you may you may go do five six hundred horsepower, and then all of a sudden you need drive shaft. You need you know whatever uh, underneath the truck. Yep. All that shit costs money too. Yep. So, all right, guys, um, last segment before we jump into our special guest for today's episode, WC Fab brings us our From Facebook segment. If you guys have not already, please jump on and search Diesel Performance Podcast Q&A. It's a new Facebook group we just rolled out. I said we were going to do it, Chris. It's live. Uh, We're already getting questions. And actually, this is from last week's guest. Brad Sankey. Brad Sankey with a... I don't know, 1,300-ish horsepower, single-turbo LLY sled puller out of Wisconsin, came onto the group, said, uh, hey, guys, how often are other Duramax owners having issues throwing dual-fueler belts with a 149-inch belt and a standard tensioner? This is an elevated question. When I rolled out the group, I expected to get a lot of how much fuel mileage should I get yeah. kind of questions, entry-level questions. Um Brad's an experienced guy, man. He's, he's yeah. got a he's got a badass build. He just got back from DPC. He's been sled pulling a long time. Has a small shop doing diesel performance. Uh, it it just shows that at every level of education of diesel or every level of performance in diesel. Hey, man, even the best of us still get stumped here and there. Uh, overwhelmingly, there was there was recommendations for a Starlight tensioner uh, that seemed to be. The solution that was most often talked about. A few other companies were plugged. If you guys are interested, again, jump on the Diesel Performance Podcast Q&A Facebook group. Uh, jump on there. See what the responses are, man. Get involved. If you have questions and, and you're looking for a community, we have guys that have been doing this their whole lives, and we have guys that are brand new. We'll answer absolutely any question. You'll never be told, use the search bar. You'll never be berated for, for how entry level of a question you have. And we also will only mildly mock Brad uh, for asking a question. No, I'm just joking. We love Brad. Uh, but yeah, that gets us through through our from Facebook segment this week. Again, jump on there and check out that group. I know Chris, uh, I'll send you the invite. We'll we'll see if you get approved. Yeah, you well you already you already sent me the invite. Um and for our listeners, you gave me flack because I didn't accept the join request. <laughs> so just so we get this right. But I am now on there. You're such a dick. I am now on there. I am now a member. I feel excited. Yeah. Now I'm gonna make another Facebook account, a fake one, and I'm just gonna drill you with questions. Just troll. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna troll hard as shit. All so right. If you see Charlie Murphy on there soon, you'll know why. Let's let's all be on the hunt for the Chris Emke troll account. There so when you spot it in that group, tag Chris Emke and say found ya. Damn deal. I like it. I like it. So like now that. all of our listeners are on the hunt in our Facebook group for the troll. Chris Emke account. There we go. I love it. All right, guys. Hey, without any further ado, we're bringing on a repeat guest to talk about the 907 Diesel Cruise Prowl for Power event going on up in Alaska. Uh, you know what? Let's just bring Mike on. He'll pronounce his last name, and we'll talk all about it. All right, guys. Time for your favorite part of the show. Calibrated Power presents our special guest of the week. This week's guest is Mike Aganastu from Alaska. He's our favorite Alaskan, and he's getting ready for the Prowl for Power event. Mike, how the hell are you? We're doing good up here. We're just just a little tired getting ready. So tell us a little bit about the event. It's a two-day event, correct? Yes, sir. All right. So what's the breakdown? What does it consist of? 
Well, I mean, when we made Prowl, it was, uh, I mean, and it still is, it's very, very homemade, you know, so we, you know, we get the opportunity to work with sponsors how we want and design the event how we want, and I mean, you know, we pulled a lot of inspiration from diesel performance events down in the States we've all been to, but uh, I think we've done a good job of making it our own, you know, so, you know, we're at Alaska Raceway Park on the 29th and the 30th for the whole weekend, and we run... Uh, we were on a dyno jet there both days, and then the uh, second day, se- uh, Sunday, we uh, we open up the track and we do test and tune, and we do about four hours of bracket racing, and you know we do uh, a show and shine contest on Saturday, which is always pretty fun. I mean, there's regardless of what you would think, uh, there's actually some beautiful trucks up here, even when it's forty below. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and then. Uh, Go ahead, then, Chris. Uh, go this year is going to be the... Go ahead. No, go on. I, you have the floor. So this year is going to be the the first year uh, we're kind of doing a tailgate swap meet on the first day. Just, uh, you know, that many diesel enthusiasts gathered together, it just seemed to make sense to, you know, offload all your junk, you know, uh, open the tailgate and swap some parts, grab some extra intercooler boots or whatever, you know. We always blow them every year, so... <laughs> and then we do uh, we do a big burnout contest on Sunday. You know, we run them until the till the tires pop. Hell yeah! Okay, okay. Now, <clears throat> uh, is there any sled pulling up there for this event? Not yet. We're working okay. on it though. We uh, we spent a lot of time with one of our sponsors, Airport Equipment Rentals, uh, getting some land cleared there at Alaska Raceway Park to get set up to hopefully within the next few years see if we can't acquire a sled up here for the season and bring some clay in and everything and get it all set up and you know start growing that it hasn't really made its way to alaska yet so we'd like to be the first that's awesome i think one of the things that's cool about the alaska diesel market is it seems to be it seems it would be logical if they were just behind the rest of us but these guys are pretty cutting edge uh what's some of the big horsepower trucks what are the big numbers you guys are seeing or expecting to see at this dyno portion of the event um on the dyno portion of it uh it's hard to tell you know i mean the, the diesel industry is so secretive anyways i mean you guys deal with ucc and diesel power challenge every year but um you know we had calvin williams come out last year he did uh i think around 1050 horse and a 5.9 common rail um uh, with a little bit of spray he did pretty good and um he's looking at changing to uh predominantly drag racing next season so this will be his last tour on the dyno but uh We've got a couple guys this year that are bringing out some crazy 6.4 builds uh, that are looking at well over 1,000 probably. So would you say that the, the gentleman with uh, that 1,050 truck, is that like one of the higher horsepower trucks that you guys have seen there? Yes, yeah. Um, you know, we've had probably three or four, I believe, uh, guys that were all about, you know, breaking ground and diesel drag racing up here that were running really fast uh one of them just moved back home to florida and he's got a full very large compound hazley built 12 valve um and he was looking at running probably down in the eights or maybe even possibly the sevens oh wow wow that's cooking cummins though right so i mean they were quiet at the event because they were backing their shit up (laughs) oh here we go (laughs) i had to man i had to (laughs) 
Now, you guys do see see all the same trucks we do. Uh, do you see any of the off-brand shit? So do you guys see any Nissan Titans floating around up there, mm-hmm. F-150 diesels? 2.8 any of the, Duramax. Yeah, 2.8 yeah. Duramax. Any any of the kind of off-the-wall stuff? So we, I haven't personally seen a lot of the Baby Maxes up here, but uh, I got to test drive one of the brand-new Nissan Titan Cummins when they first came in, and I went into it, you know, pretty pretty biased, like, Okay, what am I ready to hate about this thing? And the only thing I find myself hating after driving it was the price uh, for, <laughs> you know, technically a, a five-eighths ton pickup. You know, it wouldn't suit my needs. But, uh, you know, a few weeks ago I heard my first tuned Nissan Titans, which was, it was, they're louder than a Duramax with five-inch exhaust on them. They're ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. But, uh <laughs> You know, I mean, we always have a variety of stuff that seems to come out of the woodwork for Prowler Power anyways. You know, we, we dynoed a, a Volkswagen Jetta TDI last year. Hell and yeah. We had, a, we had a Toyota Hilux diesel come out that was right-hand drive and dynoed. What? Really cool. I want one. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. They're so hideous. I just want a Helix yeah. so bad. I love it, man. Okay, how many people are, are in attendance? What's a rough number on people who are, who are going to this event? Uh, it's it's ever changing, you know. It's constantly flowing in and out. So I mean, I want to say we're probably seeing around like a thousand people a day. Wow, that's that's, awesome. it's, it's that's really solid man. for an event. That yeah, it's it's very young in its infancy. So uh, you know, I mean, that's that's half the battle that we didn't understand going into this whole thing. Like I said, you know, we're we're not uh, decent performance event planners or anything. You know, we are now, but. <laughs> you know, we're just, uh, we all have day jobs and stuff, you know, so like keeping people interested and keeping the event exciting and constantly new and changing, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into that as well. How many years have you guys been doing the 907 event? So this is our fourth year doing Prowl for Power at the racetrack, and it's our seventh annual Dino Day. Oh, that's awesome. It's a long time. Absolutely. And they're starting to build a following with it. We're starting to see guys down in the States paying attention on what yeah. these guys are doing. It, it feels so remote when you hear Alaska and it you does. live in the middle of Illinois. You know, it's like, yeah. it seems like in a whole other world. Um, I know that's one of the things is, is all of these events that we go to are always weather pending. How often do you guys get rained out or, or hailed out in the middle of June up there in Alaska? It's happened. Uh, 2016, our first year at the track, it, it rained us out really bad. You know, we had puddles on the track, but, uh, you know, we didn't know what we were going to do. Uh, we we ended up, you know, scabbing together some cover for, uh, you know, what we needed to. And then uh, we ended up turning the racetrack into, we, we cut it down to the eighth mile just for safety reasons. So we wouldn't have too much speed and we just made it a traction battle all day, you know, and it, it ended up being... It ended up being a ton of fun that day. You know, we had we had a couple of guys that were two-wheel drive only. You know, back then it was uh, Jack Cato is, like, real famous all over social media right now. He's got uh, at the Hell Rat, which is a, it's a second-gen 12-valve, but he's taken the body off of it, and it's got, like, a 1950s Diamond T rat rod body on it now. Oh, wow. You know, and he he laid rubber for an eighth of a mile in the rain all the way down the track. <laughs> I dig so. it, man. 
I love it. I love to hear the action going on and you guys getting competitive with it. Yeah. Um, sounds like the drag racing is really stepping up up there. What are what are guys starting to get into? Are we starting to see crazy shit with guys back half in their truck already? Or is it all steel body stuff? Uh, what, what's the level of competition look like at the drag race? It's uh, it, it is definitely growing. Um, you know the the twelve valve that left state was it was completely back halved and four linked and everything with uh, just empty bed sides on it. And uh, you know Calvin Williams, like I said, is switching to uh, predominantly drag racing next year, so he's got a crew cab short bed that he's going to keep a crew cab short bed, and he's doing he's got all fiberglass doors for it and everything. And we've got uh, a guy up here that's working real closely with a race team down in the states that's doing a fourth gen Dodge Pro Mod. Yeah. Oh, That's your shit, shit Chris. Ah, Fourth gen pro mod. Could you handle it? No. <laughs> no, I cannot, Paul. Man, see the abuse I get? You deserve it. Quit playing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, as you guys start to look to the future of this event, uh, where do you see this going? Is this something that, you, you know, you guys are going to start putting into, like we're seeing more and more, a, a three-day event where competitors have to go through all three events? Are you guys looking to keep it just as, as separate entries where, hey, I could go there and just drag race or just show and shine or just dyno? Uh, you know, what does the future look like? Yeah, I think, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the event's always got to be, uh, it's got to be fun for everybody, you know, and uh, that's that's always been the big thing is it's always about who is coming, you know, and did they have a good time, you know. So, I, you know, I like that people get to choose what they excel at. You know, there's some people that, you know, all they want to do is put down big numbers on the dyno or all they, you know, they're not interested in the dyno and they just want to trust their track times and get out and use the, the test and tune that we provide in the bracket and, you know, get good data or, you know, some guys just care about the way their truck looks and they want to come put it in the show and shine contest. And then you have guys like Jack Cato that don't care how much power it makes or how it looks and they just come to destroy tires. <laughs> he brought a trailer last year full of tires just so he could melt them off at the track oh my <laughs> okay uh, one year a couple of years ago i went to this uh, i went to my first ever burnout contest yeah and it was in the back of a tire um like a tire shop shibby, right. shibby and i went and uh the main mission was you you burn up the tires until the tires pop like that's that was what the goal was and the one that lasted the longest they won the prize <laughs> at a tire shop and the winner got a free set of tires <laughs> Go figure. so that's wild so this guy brought a trailer with a bunch of tires like mounted on wheels and everything so you're just able to swap the shit out Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, like, goes to the junkyard and grabs a trailer full of tires and spray paints them all up and everything. That's fucking awesome. Wow. Very cool. This is how they get down in Alaska, man. This isn't this isn't the lower 48-type bullshit we deal with where people worry about safety, you know, make you wear a helmet when you're doing a burnout or something. Hey, like, dude, these I guys wear, are legit. Dude, I wear a helmet. You wear a helmet to work, seat. yeah. Yeah, the passenger seat of a vehicle, man. <laughs> State ordered. <laughs> you wear one to bed too, don't you? <laughs> oh yeah, man. <laughs> you've been you've been looking. <laughs> you have to, man. For safety first. I love it. All right. Well, hey, Mike. Um, how can people find out more or follow along for the action happening happening at uh, Prowl for Power? Oh, uh, if you just look on. I mean, we're all over social media right now, all over Facebook and Instagram, and you know we've got uh, a bunch of advertising going on right now, and. 
you know, our event schedule is right there on our flyer with all the info for times and when everything's happening and what everything costs, you know, and, you know, costs. We, we try to, you know, we try to keep that as low as possible. We're not in it to make money, you know, as long as we can keep making the event possible. And that's, that's kind of where all the sponsors come in. Absolutely. Hey, speaking of sponsors, who do you want to give a shout out to? Oh, man, we had, we, we, we've been extremely lucky this year. We had some awesome sponsors come on this year. You know, we had Arm Ripping Toys come on, Art Diesel. Um, they're a big performance shop in West Villa. We had Airport Equipment Rentals, Cooper Diesel Solutions, Pearson Auto, uh, DC 907 Diesels came on, Distinctive Ride. We actually had uh, Transfer Case Express out of Spartanville, South Carolina, come on this year as a sponsor, which was pretty awesome. Cool. Very cool. And, uh, yeah, Hotshot Secret is back with us this year. So we're really thankful for those guys. They've been a big supporter of us for a few years now. And uh, our friend Julie runs uh, Lost Lake Cabins, AK. She's back with us. She does cabin rentals out of Seward, Alaska, which is probably one of the most beautiful places up here. And uh, we had we had 1023 Diesel and Fleet come on to sponsor. Um, we had Cardeats, specializing in ceramic coatings. And uh, BG Alaska, they do a bunch of uh, fluid additives and service cleaning and stuff like that. So, yeah, tons of sponsors, man. I mean, we're, we're extremely lucky. That's awesome. Well, that's awesome, man. We're glad to hear it. Uh, guys, if you're listening, you want to check out more about uh, – prowl for power search it on facebook google it you'll be able to find all the info there uh if you want to message somebody and just ask a lot of questions about why cummins are really cool find mike agonastu uh spelling in the title of this episode (laughs) he'd be happy to talk to you all night about it time's not an issue he's always available Uh, for today this has been paul wilson and chris emke thanks so much for listening though right so i mean they were quiet at the event because they were backing their shit up (laughs) oh here we go (laughs) i had to man 